I assimilated to try and find home. I wanted to belong. I didn't want to stick out. I wanted to blend in. I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be part of something. Hello, hello, everyone. I'm Cassandra Lay, and you're listening to I'm Lost, So What? The podcast exploring between belonging and carving your own path. For all the peeps out there who kind of know what you're doing, but still question, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I'm with you. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the I'm Lost, So What podcast. This is your host, Cassandra Lay, and today we're talking about why home isn't really a place. So before we dive into this, I want to give some context of why I'm covering this topic, why I'm exploring it, and really just how home has looked like for me in the past eight-ish years. So I've been living abroad for a a collective of almost eight years now. I left in 2014 for two years to teach English in Spain. Then I came home in 2016 for about a year and a half. I moved back to Virginia uh, with my family and I started working corporate and really just in corporate America. And then after a year and a half back in the United States, I left again in 2017. What happened was I decided to quit my job, I started a business, and I moved back to Spain for love. So this concept of trying to find home has been something that I've been exploring and digging through for a really long time. And I'm not saying that the home I was raised in wasn't home or that it was bad. I think I just realized that what I considered home wasn't the lifestyle values or culture I wanted for myself. And mind you, I didn't necessarily have the language like I do now to say all of this. And I really feel like this exploration of what home actually is started really young, probably thanks to my parents taking us on vacations around the world, coming from a middle-class family and travel being a part of our family vacations. I feel like Thanks to all of that, I was introduced to lots of cultures from the beginning at a very young age, and that kind of influenced this idea and concept of home for me. And also, it could be that I already straddle two cultures. I am from the United States of America, but my family is also Vietnamese, and I live with I suppose what some people would say, a dual identity of being Vietnamese American. So what are we talking about today in this episode? We're going to be covering basically the realization that home wasn't home anymore, looking for home elsewhere, figuring out what I wanted home to actually look like, why home isn't really a place. And I know this sounds super cliche, but I will explain more. And journaling prompts, because y'all know I love a good journal prompt about where home is and how to define home for yourself. So let's just dive into it. Uh, When did I realize that home wasn't actually home? So I remember when I was maybe about 11 or 12, I told my parents I was born in the wrong country. Um, I told them that the lifestyle and values I had didn't actually match with the United States or Vietnam and that I was really supposed to be European. So also I want to say a disclaimer here that at that young of an age, I didn't associate European culture with college organization. But anyways, um, apparently at 11 or 12, I told my parents that I was born in a completely wrong country and I was supposed to be European. So 
Among that, I was also told really confusing things growing up on how to act, what to do, how to be. And I think it's probably because I am a first generation daughter of refugees slash immigrants from Vietnam. So I had a mix of Vietnamese culture at home, but outside of my house, uh, I was raised in the United States culture. And that basically had like lots of contradicting things. For example, with work in Vietnamese culture, I was told, put your head down and do the work. I have to show people that I'm just as good as they are because they'll overlook me. I also think that this is also from white supremacy culture and just racism in general. And the funny thing, though, is like my parents would tell me that, but then also being raised in the United States, my family would also tell me things like show up in the room with confidence because you belong in that room just as much as other people do. And so growing up, you can imagine like I'm being told one thing and then I'm being told another thing. So it's causing like a lot of friction in, I guess, just like my values and how I want to show up because I don't know how to show up. And for example, with family, in Vietnamese culture, I was always told that family is everything, that we help our family, we take care of them, and we help one another. And I don't know if this is specifically just for Vietnamese American culture, but maybe just Asian American culture. Like family is everything, and we always take care of each other, and we always take care of our family. But in the United States culture, I was also told things like, we need to fend for ourselves because no one will be there to save you or protect you. So it was more about individualism. It was about, okay, I've got myself. I need to take care of myself. I need to show up for myself. But at the same time, I was being told that I need to show up for others. I need to take care of them. I need to help other people. So how do I find the balance of both? And also, I think with relationships, this like duality of being Vietnamese American also played a huge role in how I show up in relationships. So in Vietnamese culture, and maybe in Asian American culture, and maybe this also could be a stereotype, it was that I was told that I need to be nice. I need to be quiet. I need to dress appropriately that, uh, you know, like I am an Asian girl, like I need to be modest. And I do remember growing up when my grandma used to babysit us, me and my sisters, uh, we also had two family friends that she also babysat two guys. And I remember like, I wanted to climb trees with them and I wanted to run around. And my grandma would just tell me like, no, you're not supposed to do that. Like, let them do it. You're supposed to, you know, sit nicely and be well-dressed and not be like a whole mess, which is funny because now it doesn't really matter. But that's something that I was definitely told growing up. And then on the opposite end of that, with relationships in the United States, I was always told to speak up, don't take people's shit, value yourself, ask for what you want. And again, I mean, you can imagine being told in, in like Vietnamese culture, maybe subtly or indirectly or, you know, unconsciously with like patterns and things that I picked up growing up in a Vietnamese American household, I needed to be quiet, I needed to be nice, I needed to dress modestly, I needed to, you know, just put my head down and not cause trouble. And then later, while being in the United States, my family also picked up things like, well, don't take people's shit, ask for what you want, speak up, like, you know, nobody's going to give you anything if you don't ask. 
And when do I lean into one culture or the other? When do I lean into one culture's guidance and, you know, ideals and values? And when should I lean into the other? And that was super confusing. So it made home a very confusing place to live. And I want to just mention again, like not in a bad way, just in a way that made my personality really develop in interesting ways because I just, I didn't know. And that's what therapy is for. But anyways, continuing and home kind of stopped really being home when I was probably mm, a junior in high school. So I started critically thinking about things for myself and I do want to mention that this is probably nothing grand because I had a lot of teenage angst. Uh, if you knew me on my Tumblr, you would have seen a lot of teenage angst posts. But I started questioning a lot of what my parents told me, what my family told me, what my high school teachers told me. And I feel like this is a good time to mention that I was raised Catholic and I went to a Catholic private high school. And Junior year is when we were talking about taboo topics in religion, and I just knew that some of what they taught didn't align with my values. Like they were sharing things that around like abortion, around marriage that I just could not subscribe to, but they were teaching it like it was the be all end all. And that's when I really started thinking, like, this is not what I want. And I started realizing that, you know, what was home my whole life wasn't actually for me. And this feeling gradually progressed and got a lot stronger when I left for college. And of course, it also even got more stronger when I traveled abroad solo for the first time and also when I moved abroad. And I feel like when we talk about home and like culture and all of this stuff, I do want to mention the word ethnocentrism. And I don't remember when I learned the word, but it was really all I could think about after traveling abroad after leaving home after deciding like, hey, some of these values, some of these ideals are not for me anymore. And if you don't know what ethnocentrism is, let me just read a quick definition. So ethnocentrism in social science and anthropology, as well as in colloquial English discourse, means to apply one's own culture or ethnicity as a frame of reference to judge other cultures, practices, behaviors, beliefs, and people, instead of using the standards of the particular culture involved. Thank you, Wikipedia. I've linked that in the show notes if you want to check that out. So ethnocentrism is really like, let's say when I first moved to Spain, and I thought, oh, everything is so much slower here. So I would gauge and judge Spain's culture based off of the fast-paced culture of the United States. And then I would say things like, oh, their bureaucracy is really slow or like how they manage things for paperwork is really slow. And in the United States, I... I felt like, oh, it moves a lot faster. And that's when ethnocentrism actually comes in because I am basically judging and basing, you know, what is happening in a different culture and country off of the United States. And then also even thinking like, oh, the way the United States does things is better. So now that we've kind of talked all of that, I want to go into like really the next step of my journey, which was looking for home somewhere else. And as an Asian American and Vietnamese American, I started looking for home in lots of different places and cultures and ways of being. 
of course, Spain. I live here now and I've been living here for a long time. Also celebrating that I just got approved for my 10-year visa. Whoop, whoop. Um, I started looking for home in different friend groups. Hello. If you've listened to other podcast episodes, I talk about being a floater and not having one core friend group. So I started trying to find home in all of my various friend groups. I started trying to find home in different interests and hobbies, online and offline political views, and even religion. And what I didn't realize was because I am first gen Asian American, I'm really, really good at assimilation. So assimilation, if you don't know, is when you try to become part of a group country society or to make someone or something become part of a group country or society. So I am very good at assimilating and I feel like that's like my survival mode kicking in and turning on because when I assimilated to try and find home. I wanted to belong. I didn't want to stick out. I wanted to blend in. I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be part of something like anything. I just wanted to be part of something and I wanted to find a home and assimilation basically helped me learn more about a country culture language. It also helped me to blend in with the culture, but it really stripped me of my own identity and values. And instead of trying to create my own idea of home, I ended up trying to squeeze myself into different meanings of home based off of what other people were saying. So I was looking for home somewhere else. I thought if I blended in more, this will become my home. I thought if I dress like XYZ, this will become my home. And then those people, whatever group of people I wanted to dress like, that they could become my family. I thought, okay, if I talk like them with their accent, specifically in Spain, then maybe this will also become my home and they won't judge me and they'll accept me more because I sound like them. And I really feel like because of this assimilation for a long time, I felt like, oh, assimilation is my superpower. Yes, for safety and yes, for, you know, trying to blend in and make sure that I'm not like physically in danger, but I really prided, is that a word? (laughs) Prided myself in thinking that floating was my superpower because why belong somewhere when you can be everywhere? And this is when I realized that I, like after a while of doing this, which was great in my mind, like who cares about survival mode? I was just like, oh yeah, if I just try and fit in, like somebody will eventually accept me and I will feel like I belong and I will feel like home somewhere. But then I realized, oh, Um, I can't actually be a floater for forever and I can't assimilate here and there all the time because then I just would lose my sense of self and my sense of identity. And yes, I, I believe that I am still a floater, but I am a floater with my own individual identity. But what was happening was I wasn't really there yet. I was just really trying to fit in and belong and be accepted. And basically, after trying to assimilate for for a long time, I realized that I was really tired and I didn't have any true relationships. So I felt like I was hiding myself all the time. I was trying on things, testing, assimilating, accommodating. And I feel like I've talked a lot about this on the podcast already in three different episodes. I talk about it when I talked about the evolution of friendship as an adult living abroad. I talk about it in three obvious signs you're hiding from yourself. And then I talk about it also in starting over is not for losers. Just like this idea of, okay, yes, I accept that I'm always changing. And yes, I accept that like, you know, relationships change and all of this stuff. But 
I can't assimilate for forever, which means I'm actually hiding for forever. And that means that I will actually never belong because I'm just lying all the time. That was a lot. If you listen to those podcasts, you'll get it like a bigger picture. I will link them in the show notes. But I worked with like so many different life coaches because I felt like I was taking on so many different identities that didn't really represent me from like work, uh, from being in the United States and specifically using my identity of being American for privilege living abroad. I talked about this in my TEDx talk in Los Angeles about how I only leaned into my identity from the United States because it opened doors for me. It opened doors to more power. It opened doors to more capital. It opened doors to like, just like more opportunities and social capital. And eventually I realized like, oh, if I only lean into this side of my identity, I've like literally abandoned and forgotten everything else that I am. Because like in the beginning of this episode, I talked about like I straddle this duality and leaning on one side or the other too heavily just like kind of strips me of like this identity that I believe in and also like the values that I have because it's not either or it's both and and I also talk about this in another podcast episode about, you know, being an entrepreneur and small business owner and thinking like, oh, I can find home in like these types of communities. But then I realized, oh, this is actually not healthy. In that episode, RIP (laughs) to the me I learned to love. I talk about that a lot. I talk about just like how, you know, I wanted to belong and I wanted to find home in that. And in reality, it kind of took me away from really meaningful relationships. And, you know, I just, I wasn't home in that. I was just recreating this idea I had and assimilating to really what everybody else was, I guess, deciding for me or what they had, their ideas of home that didn't actually fit what I wanted. And I really, through lots of journaling and introspection and digging into my own culture, my identities, my values, beliefs, and thoughts, Uh, that's when I really started making shifts and started taking action to decide for myself what I wanted around home. And if you are in this process now, I just want to say like, I'm holding space for you because I feel like this is really fucking scary. Like when you're in this space, this is similar to like the starting over is not for losers episode. All of those episodes, by the way, are linked in these show notes. It's really scary because we have to let things go. We have to let some of our identities fizzle out and die because they don't serve us anymore. And we have to choose, not only choose what we want, but we also have to be vocal about it, which means telling people, which means putting boundaries, which means like honoring and respecting what we want and realizing like what we want for our lives is also valid and worthy and important. And that's terrifying, really scary. So through all of this, this is why I think home isn't actually a place. And I really feel like home is more of like a feeling. And I know this is going to sound super cliche and probably like a romantic comedy movie, but let me explain. I really think home is a feeling. And my idea of home is about coming back to myself, grounding in myself, trusting and leaning into my intuition, gut, my values, beliefs, and truly living those out. 
And home isn't here or there. It's really like nowhere, everywhere, floating, but like intentionally. So for me, physically home now is Spain. And this is a new revelation for me because I'm accepting that home is really Spain and letting go of other things that stop me from making home here. And home physically isn't the United States anymore. And every time I go back to the United States, I feel like I have equal parts like this idea of, oh, grass is greener feeling, like I could live in the United States and move back, create a life and try somewhere else. And maybe not Virginia, but maybe another state. And this could be true for the future. Who knows? But I also feel a lot of like bittersweetness because the lifestyle, culture, beliefs, and values that the United States kind of embodies and teaches, they're not me anymore. And they aren't what I believe in. So I actually feel like when I'm back there, I'm just like a visitor. Like I don't, I don't fit in there anymore. Not completely. I don't blend. And I, and actually, I think this is really interesting to point out that I don't also try to assimilate anymore. Yes, I fall into like the rhythms and like cultural norms and, you know, how things are done because I was raised there, but I don't try and assimilate to be accepted in the United States anymore. And this is maybe a question I need to explore for myself, but I don't think I try and assimilate too much in Spain either. Maybe I got to explore that a little bit more. So let me just explore that before I say that. Um, And then also considering like the United States, I kind of feel sad, mainly because I've lost touch with friends because we don't share the same values, priorities or whatever anymore. And with the friends that I am still in touch with, I'm really learning to nurture and care for those relationships now, despite all of how we've changed and just getting really intentional with it. Same with my family. Like, I think, you know, growing up, I just thought, oh, they're my parents, aunts, uncles, cousins, siblings, whatever. And I have to be related to them. I am related to them, you know, blood, whatever. But now that I'm older and also have like explored this concept of home and what home is to me and then have also grounded myself in who I am and done like work to be more self-aware and you know building self-love I'm realizing that I can choose how I create and maintain that relationship with my family and it's not just by proxy anymore I'm trying to be a lot more intentional with it and like really approach conversations that are not just like, you know, shallow conversations. Like I want to know who my family is currently and I want to know who they were and like all of the things that kind of led them here. And saying that out loud, oh, is it going to make me cry? Am I crying? Um, is wild because like it's uncomfortable. And I used to think like, you know, my family and the United States was always going to be home. And then when I realized, like, we might not share in the same values, like my family anymore, or my, like, life priorities, I don't, like, I try not to judge them for whatever their values and priorities are, because they have their own, but I just have to realize, like, hey, we can still create intentional relationships, even if we don't necessarily value the same things. Uh, Caveat here, if you are racist, sexist, and, like, homophobe, maybe not, Um, but in general, Like, even if we don't share the same values and priorities, like, 
I can still find ways to, I think, connect with them and understand where they're coming from, which kind of takes us back to like the ethnocentrism or the word ethnocentrism. And anyways, you know, like I, whatever my culture is or whatever my values are, they're a little hodgepodge of everything. Now that I've been living abroad for so long, I can't expect them to also subscribe to my values or my lifestyle or my priorities because they have their own lives. And I think just realizing that is kind of bittersweet, but also opens up opportunities for exploration. So with all of that, what is home to me? And home to me is really just being able to choose. It's being able to show up as myself, to feel safe and supported. And it's knowing that I belong to myself and that I don't need anything else. And really when I'm grounded, I know that I am home. When I'm floating with intention, I am home. But when I'm floating because I'm taking in too many things like external factors, other people's inputs, content consumption, I'm lost. So what? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but not really because I I don't want to be floating unintentionally. I want to be floating intentionally. I want to be lost technically intentionally. And I feel like this is not like the best word for it, but I want to find the in-between. I want to find the space, the friction, the opportunity and possibility that comes from just like this monumental collision of all things that could be. And I think in one of the previous podcast episodes, rest in peace to the me, I learned to love. I talk about the twilight zone and how the twilight zone is like this space of infinite possibility and a space where there is where you can just like explore and create and find magic and that's the type of loss that I want I want to make my home there because that means that it opens me up to so many different things and it also allows me to be connected to so many different things so to wrap up this post uh, I want to share some journaling prompts with you if you're also looking for home if you're looking for home or if you want to explore more about identity and belonging. So there are four journaling prompts. Let me read them to you now. So the first one is what was home like for you growing up? And when you're writing, where does this feeling show up in your body? Number two, where slash when did you feel most at home in yourself? Number three, what are three words that describe home to you? And number four, imagine home now. What are you doing, wearing? What do you do daily? How do you show up and feel? And I would love to know what your answers are to these journaling prompts. Also, if you have also been exploring what home looks and feels like, I would love to know what home is to you. Send me a message on Instagram at Cassandra TLE and let's talk about it. Y'all, this is the second to last episode of season one of the I'm Lost So What podcast. If you're listening to all of these episodes in order, uh, the next episode is going to be the season finale. And then we've got a new season coming soon with some really awesome guest experts. Well, not really guest experts, but just like some awesome guests to share about all things community, which I'm really, really excited about. So anyways, I would love to know what is home to you is it a place? Is it a feeling? Is it a person? Is it you? 
let me know. Send me a message on Instagram at Cassandra TLE, and I will see you in the next episode. Stay fierce, fam. If you're hearing this message, that means you made it to the end of this episode. Yay. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and thought to yourself, whoa, it me. I'd love if you could share this with others, post about it on social media and or leave a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe too. Want to hang out with me in other areas of the internet? You can follow me on Instagram at Cassandra TLE. For brand message and content marketing tips and resources, check out my business at the Corky Pineapple Studio. Thanks again and see you in the next episode. Stay fierce, fam.